0: So I want to quickly uh, read that passage to you. In Luke chapter 4, in verse 18, he said, "...the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord." And so Jesus um, basically was telling us why he came. He's, he's opening the book uh, of Isaiah. We're reading it in Luke, but he's looking at the book of Isaiah um, 61, and he's uh, declaring, uh, This is talking about me. In verse 21 of Luke 4, and he began to say to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, I am he, I am here, and I am going to do what I've just said. And so he came uh, to set at liberty those who were captive, and specifically, um, one of the things he was talking about was the brokenhearted and the bruised. We found out that that meant crushed. That meant that uh, your heart, you've been damaged, you have been crushed and and really there's nothing in this world that can help you but Jesus can we found out Jesus can help you will help you is helping you if you will just give your brokenness to him he will give you a brand new heart and this world is filled with brokenness, filled with broken people. But we as children of God, uh, we have the ability to overcome those things and leave those things in the past. And uh, believe me, I don't take any of those things lightly. Uh, the things that break people, the things that hurt people, the things that bruise people, a bruise that once again is, is an inner bleeding, if you will. And, and so, so there are wounds that cause people uh, to become something that God never intended them to become. And they become angry. They feel rejected. And, and uh, we talked about that this morning, about how rejection, uh, how that can unfold in different ways. And, and uh, one of the main ways was anger. Isn't that right? And I want to bring that back up because I want to read again really quick um, about Saul. Uh, Saul was rejected by the Lord in 1 Samuel 15. It says, but um, but Samuel said to Saul, "I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel." First uh, Samuel fifteen twenty six, New King James. And so we um, are, uh, you know, understanding by this that Samuel, his actions caused him to be rejected. Then a spirit of rejection came on him. And then uh, shortly after that was anger, rage. Uh, What did he do? He tried to kill David with a spear. And he's chasing David all over the place. He's got got it bad. And uh, sometimes we meet people in our lives that they got it bad. You know, they've been hurt, crushed, broken. uh, You know, Uh, listen, mean people, angry people, Have a story. They've been hurt. And uh, so we as the body of Christ, of course, are the answer. We're the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. We've been delivered from brokenness ourselves. I trust. I hope. Uh, and, And we have something to tell them. I have a story to tell you. And in my position, I have many stories to glean from. Other people's lives that have been, have been broken, but yet came to the Lord and God took your brokenness and, and healed you, delivered you, and made you something you never imagined you could be. I, honestly, uh, um, I didn't necessarily consider myself to be a broken person, you know, when I was, uh, you know, growing up necessarily. But yet, uh, you know, you get born again, you realize, man, I was severely broken. You know, I came from a broken home. And uh, so, coming from a broken home, there was pain and hurt. From my my uh, dad uh, left my home, and uh, we left. We went to move to Barstow, California, which is not just I don't I don't recommend Barstow. But anyway, so so I went from beautiful to wow, and 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 it just so they say the most tragic things in a person's life is divorce and moving, and they happen together. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, so there was some brokenness in my life, and I remember years ago, as one of the earlier youth ministry times for me, and, and uh, just trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do as a youth pastor, and, and uh, so I'm showing videos and doing all this stuff. So I show a video about a broken life, and I just began to weep and to cry, and I realized there was brokenness in me. Now I was having compassion for the kids, but I realized there was brokenness in me. And so uh, I, that, you know, I never had that experience again. And and just so you know, it's not crying. It's not for sissies. I mean, it's the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Jesus is the toughest dude I know. He had all of his flesh stripped from his body and he went down into the lower regions of the world and suffered the full penalty of all of our sins, but yet he cried. Jesus wept. So listen, gentlemen, uh, there are times when you just have to get a good cry on. I'm telling you. You know, I, I, I mean, you don't have to do it girly or anything. You just, you know, you don't have to, Oh, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I don't know. You know, you don't have to act like that. That's what we think. You know, like, I'm not doing that. You know, listen, you don't have to look like that. But you know what? Sometimes we have to allow ourselves. I mean, I have wept. I have cried. I have on, on this floor. Uh, you know, at youth camps. And you just feel like God took your whole life and just wrung you out. And when you're done, you feel like, man, whoo, apparently I needed that. Well, I'm not sure what that was, but apparently I needed that. Glory to God. And God takes and, and makes something completely different from your life. And, and so we, we, we saw here that uh, uh, Saul... Um, actually, in verse First uh, Samuel nineteen nine, I haven't read that. Yet, I'm sorry, and it said there uh, now that dis- now the distressing spirit from the Lord came upon Saul as he sat in his house with his spear in his hand, and David was playing music with his hand. Now David came and would play so that those spirits would leave Saul. And so it says a distressing spirit. That word distressing, we found out today, actually is translated more times than not. In other words, like uh, there's 663 times it's translated in the, in the Hebrew, but 442 times it's translated of that 600 is translated evil. So in reality, it's an evil spirit that came on Saul of which David would come and actually uh, minister to the Lord, and I believe the presence of God would come and force those things off of him. Y'all with me? Okay, I'm just kind of recapping really quick so that we can be uh, caught up and the people that were not here this morning could, could be with us a little bit. And uh, so, <clears throat> praise the Lord. Y'all ready to go forward? All right. So now we're gonna go to the New Testament. So we saw Saul had passengers. Matthew 18, <laughs> 21 through 35. This is New King James. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Peter's thinking he's really pious. That he's being really, really, you know, gracious. Up to seven times. He's thinking, I'm sure that's impressing Jesus. Jesus is like, whatever. Whatever. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, now he's going to tell him a story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. In our day, this is 52 million dollars. Y'all with me? It's big. Verse 25. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. Now listen. It doesn't say that he gave him time to pay the debt, it says that he forgave him the debt. Equivalent of $52 million in our day. You understand? You and I right now are probably just like Peter was doing then, going, what? What did he do? He forgave him? And Jesus, Peter probably recognizes this. I'm in trouble. My whole little seven times thing is going right out the window right now. And so, so, <laughs> so he forgave him the debt, verse 28. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe you dirtbag. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, sorry. So, 29, so his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. This is equivalent in our day to $44. $44. And we read on verse 30. And he, he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. Is anybody reading this? What does it say? Everybody say torturers. Torturers. I wonder what those are. He says, delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly, verse 35, so, uh uh-oh, Jesus is talking, remember? So, in view of this, So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Now remember in the Old Testament, it said that an evil spirit from the Lord came on Saul. Isn't this interesting? Now, I mentioned this morning the reason why God would give Israel over to their enemies was so they would repent and come back to him. It wasn't because he wanted to destroy them. And so, so here, uh, Saul is, is now uh, functioning under the, the dictates of a spirit, chasing David all over Afghanistan, by the way, that's what it would be. The caves of doom. Oh, oh, run around. I mean, the Russians tried to kill the Afghanistan people in those caves. They couldn't even find anybody. These are some serious caves over there. And that's what uh, we understand is that Saul was chasing after David, looking for David, because he was so driven nuts by his rage. His rejection caused rage and anger, and he then had gotten a spirit. All right? Jesus is talking to believers. Believers, listen, you can have a spirit if you would like. You understand? Now, we would like for you to just have the Holy Spirit. You understand? And not, try not to get into too much detail. Now, now obviously, a demon cannot possess a Christian. They can't get up inside you because God's life is in there, but they can actually ride you only by permission. Y'all with me? Listen, brokenness, bruised people open the door to these things when they refuse to forgive. If you don't forgive, this is the Bible. I'm not making this up. We just pass over scriptures that say, uh, you know, and if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive you of your sins. Oh, that's not what he really meant. He doesn't actually mean that. Well, then what does he mean? What does this mean? Turn you over to the tormentors? Don't make me come out there. I'm telling you, the tormentors. We're not talking, uh, you know, about a group of angels that have T-shirts called the tormentors or a singing group in heaven. You know, You're like, ooh, uh, you know, ooh, you know. <laughs> you know <coughs> we're the tormentors, you know. No, we're talking about the tormentors. That you have so given yourself over to these things that now these things have a right and access to your life. And, and, uh, you know, a lot of times it's very difficult to understand. God has no covenant with Satan. Let me just tell you that right now. They're not partners. But I really believe that many times when it says, and an evil spirit from the Lord, that means that God just takes his hand off and said, y- you know, here's what you wanted. I believe that Sodom and Gomorrah was the same thing. You wanted godlessness? Here's what that looks like. And he took his hands off of, I believe, the atoms. For God holds all things together by the word of his power. And all he has to do is take his hand off of those atoms. And there's, there's fission. That's nuclear activity. And there was a fire that consumed that valley and all the towns and villages around it. So, oftentimes, you know, we get, uh, you know, pastors talked about this, some of the permissive senses about, you know, and, and uh, God sent this thing to happen and that, and oftentimes it's permissive sense. Uh, we can't relegate every single thing to permissiveness because, listen, God told Moses and, and his buddy, back up, I'm going to kill every one of them. He didn't say, I'm going to send an evil. No, he said, I personally am going to kill every one of them. And and Moses was like, they were always falling on their face in the dust. (laughs) God, but then they'll tell you that you couldn't get your people, you know, to the promised land. And he goes, all right, all right, here's what's going to happen. And God would tell him, this is what's going to happen. Ground opens up, has them all for lunch. We can't relegate that. Well, the devil came and dug a hole for them and pushed them all in. You understand? So not everything is that way, and I'm kind of I'm digressing here, but I'm just telling you that unforgiveness, we got, we got brokenness, bruised, and then we get rejection, right? And then we open the door to these other things. And unforgiveness, I really believe, causes more cancer than McDonald's. For all those of you who eat whole foods, you know, and, and believe me, I think you should eat as good as you know how to eat. Um, the Bible does say that man shall not live by whole wheat alone. <laughs> or whole foods Alone. And believe me, I pop vitamins, people think I'm a drug addict or something. I have a big old pile, been doing it since I was big this big. My mom gave me a shot glass of vitamins when I was just a tiny kid. So I believe in taking care of your body. I believe in these things. Listen, but I don't trust in those things. And listen, I know people that are very athletic and very health oriented that got cancer. What I'm trying to tell you is is this thing that we're talking about today. From a a brokenness, a bruisedness, unforgiveness ensues, you become something that you are not, that God never intended for you to be. It alters your whole being. You are in bondage. Jesus literally came to set these captives free who are bruised, who are broken, crushed. And he takes your brokenness, he takes your uh, messy, messy life, And make something awesome out of it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So Jesus literally said, So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart, where from your heart, does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Now this is, listen, there is no clause for this. Oh, unless you were molested as a child. This is still a brokenness. This is still a bruise. And it still is an unforgiven thing. And I do not take this lightly. This is serious business. And please don't uh, get your feelings hurt and leave here bruised from my message The whole point of it is for you to get the help that you need and become restored and whole so you can stand up here and tell everybody else how to do it. And with the same help that you've received, you help others. Praise the Lord. So we're talking about now, uh, this is a whole other level of, of when you walk in unforgiveness that you Are susceptible um, to being a demon Uber. Oh yeah. First Corinthians uh, chapter five. In in this particular passage, uh, Paul says something interesting here. He said. In a verse, uh, we're going to look at verses one through five. Um, it says, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife. And you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you, For I indeed as absent in body but present in spirit have already judged as though I were present him who has so done this deed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ when you are gathered together along with my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse five, this is important. Deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Now that right there would tell you that it is risky uh, to live in sin when you're a child of God. In so much, Paul said that I'm praying, I'm giving this dude over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that he can actually literally go to heaven instead of hell. That's crazy, isn't it? Wow. So Paul is actually doing what Jesus is saying. He's turning him over to the tormentors you understand? Saul had an evil spirit. And Jesus said, if you don't forgive, you'll be turned over. Lots of bitter, hurt people. Right? And so this is not just contingent if you're, uh, you know, not saved. We thought, well, you're just can do anything you want to. You can walk in unforgiveness. You can not be kind. You, you would be, it's surprising what Christians actually allow themselves to think. We have an obligation. I learned long ago that if I don't forgive my wife, things are not going to go well. Between me and the Lord. And, and uh, right up front, right, just in the first, you know, few months of marriage, you know, I decided she's wicked, for sure has an evil spirit. I'm not talking to her. That's it. And began to walk in unforgiveness. I know none of you have ever done this. But anyhow, I got sick as a dog. And, you know, it didn't take me long. You know, I'm not having fun. To repent, forgive, and I just talked to her a whole bunch that day. You know what I'm saying? I love you. <laughs> Are we doing okay here, Lord? She's wonderful. <laughs> Sing to her. I'm going to do something. I'm going to get through this. You know? <laughs> I love you. I love you. <laughs> I just... And, and it wasn't long, and that thing broke off of me. Uh, incidentally, uh, it was the second time having to do with Caitlin, because when I first met her, this, you know, probably you all question my, you know, <coughs> sanity. I first met her, she showed me her house, and her house had demons. I am not a demon-conscious person. I'm not spooky, scary, super spiritual, Ask anybody who knows me. But yet, I go to this girl's house. She's a pretty girl, Caitlin. Uh, she, she's taking me to show me her house because it's interesting. And sure it is. It was very interesting. I go into her house. The Lord tells me there's a spirit of murder here in this house. And I'm like, what? What? Go outside. There's a demon possessed dog demon-possessed cat. I mean, this is real. I don't have time to go into this, this story. And uh, I'm like, what am I doing here? And uh, so I couldn't get out of there fast enough. I told my friend um, about the demons that were in Caitlin's house. She's just an acquaintance at this time. He said, you have to tell her. I am not telling the girl I just met. She has demons in her house. You tell her. I ain't telling her. He goes, you have to tell her. And I'm like, Got on a plane, flew home. Back to Vegas. She lived in Tulsa. I get sick as a dog. So far, we've talked about twice now, this woman has made me sick, and I don't know why. None of them had to do with her. They had to do, first of all, my disobedience. Secondly, of unforgiveness. Do you see, these things don't happen because of what other people do. These things happen because of what you do. And so we need to understand the severity of brokenness, the severity of being bruised, and certainly the severity of walking in unforgiveness. And there are um, a plethora of things that you could be hanging on to that are detrimental to your life. Glory to God. So we see, again, um, he said, deliver such an one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of judgment. James 4, 7 says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Everybody knows, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. They do not tell you the part about submit yourself to God. Forgiving is submitting to God. Until you have forgiven, until you're walking in love, the other will not work. You can resist the devil all day long, but you're on his field. When you're walking in unforgiveness, bitterness, brokenness, bruised. Y'all with me? Glory to God. So, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Uh, (laughs) Good news, though, about the gentleman who had his father's wife. In 2 Corinthians, most theologians agree that um, it's speaking of that person who he had uh, originally said, I've given him over to Satan. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, it says, Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So there's a lot more that goes with this scripture, you guys, to understand that Paul was admonishing them to not beat this dude up. He repented, and he quit, and he's living now for God, and that's enough, Y'all with me? But the good news is, is that we are given over to those things, not so that we would be destroyed, but so that we won't be destroyed. Israel was given over to their enemies so they would repent and come back to God. Oftentimes things come on us, we're like, why, why, why? Well, just think for a little bit. I bet you'll find out. Just listen to the Holy Ghost. He'll tell you why. Why, why, why? You know, just listen. Release everything to the Lord. Forgive everybody. Y'all with me? Because it's not worth it. People's ignorance and their pain, whatever it was that caused them to do whatever it is to you, is not worth you destroying your life over what they did. Don't make other people's miseries, their foolishness, yours. I'll say this again. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison to get back at somebody. I'll show you. Watch this. <laughs> you know? But that's what unforgiveness is it is poison, it is a cancer, it will destroy you. And you could go on all day long. I've heard so many stories. Well, you don't understand what they did, there is no clause for that. There is no cause for that. The story that we heard of the, of the master forgiving $52 million, what you're telling me is like the $44. Jesus forgave you all of your sins. And you say, well, I've been a pretty good person. Listen, you were wretched. All are like filthy rags. Your righteousness is like filthy rags. Ooh, pfft. Yucky. That's what you were. That's what I was. And it doesn't matter if you didn't go the route with everybody else at high school. And you were a straight-A student. And you did what you were supposed to do most of the time. Didn't cheat very much. But you did manipulate. Manipulate. And did, you did put yourself before everyone else. So there's so many other things. And God ultimately calls us all wretched, all have sinned, none are righteous, no, not one. We all are qualified by the same blood. And have been given a mandate to live free from unforgiveness, bitterness, Envy, strifes, divisions. Listen, if somebody did you wrong, you have joined the great club of done wrong. There's been only a few people I know in my life that say, man, I, I, you know, one of them actually comes to our church. I asked him, I said, what is the secret to your youth, man? This guy's 80-something years old, and I think he's coming up on 81 now. He looks like he's, in, a, you know, maybe 60, maybe. I said, what's the secret to your youth? He said, Pastor Andy, I never met a man I didn't like. And this is a black gentleman. And I want you to know that in this great America, I'm sure he had opportunity to be offended. I'm sure he met some people that if it was me, I probably wouldn't have liked them. But he just didn't live his life that way and affected him in every way. He's, he's just a blessed man, always a big smile on his face. I like that. Hallelujah. Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Mm-mm-mm. You can't offend a dead man. We could go, all of us just take this whole meeting down to the cemetery and start saying vile things to all the people buried there. You can't offend a dead man. You can't tempt a dead man. We could run all kind of stuff in front of them and they wouldn't get up, right? Because they're dead. But the Bible says, ye are dead and your life is hid. With Christ in God. Hallelujah. And believe me, God knows about your pain. And sometimes when people do stuff that actually did rub your fur the wrong way, you just have to bring it to Jesus. Say, Lord, <laughs> whoo. It's gonna be tough tomorrow at work. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, so I need your help because I would certainly like to do a tongue lashing when I get in there tomorrow, but I won't if you'll help me, (laughs) because I'm taking or making the choice to forgive them right now, right here in your presence, that I may stand continually in your presence. Praise God. God will help you to be amazing, and he'll raise you up in front of other people because you have favor on you all the time. Praise God. And we're talking about how God works and what he wants to do for you. So I encourage you, you give your bitterness, you give your hurt, you give your pain, you give your brokenness, your bruises, give them to the Lord. Some of you have deep-seated things possibly. Some of you who've tuned in tonight And I encourage you to find somebody you trust and walk out of those things. Jesus ultimately came to set the captives free. That means bruised and broken people are actually in jail and only Jesus Christ can help you out of there. Glory to God. I hope I've helped somebody tonight. God loves each and every one of you so much and has such a great plan I believe that there are some people in this room who are going to walk free from bitterness, from hurt, and from your past. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for those who have tuned in through the broadcast and these who are here in the room. I thank you for your grace on their lives, Father God, the grace to be able to forgive and to put things behind them. Forgetting those things that are behind, they press towards the mark, the high calling of God. We thank you, Lord God, for your mercies that are new every day, that you are strengthening your people. I pray for those who have been broken. I pray for those who have been bruised. I thank you, Lord God, that Jesus is able to move into those areas of their life and bring healing and restoration, that they're able, Father God, to forgive and release people circumstances, and leave them behind, and walk free, walking in love and faith and in truth. We thank you, Lord God, for this, this promise, this blessing. We thank you for Jesus, that he is life to us. We thank you, Lord God. With every head bowed and um, no one looking around the room, please, if you've come here tonight it's quite possible that you don't know for sure if you were to die you would go to heaven maybe you've tuned in to the broadcast you don't know the Bible says you can know see there's a heaven to gain and a hell to avoid hell is a horrible place of torment and torture says in the Bible that it's unquenchable fire outer darkness it's not a good place but yet without Jesus we have to pay for our own sins in that place. Jesus said, unless a person is born again, they will not see the kingdom of God. So if you would like to make Jesus your Lord, you would like to be born again, And I want to pray a simple prayer with you tonight. So if you've come here or you're watching through the broadcast, please pray this simple prayer. We're going to talk to God right now. Everybody join me in this prayer. Say this from your heart. Say, dear God, Everyone together say, dear God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for me, he was buried, and he rose again. I call Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Thank you, Father, that I've been born again. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer from your heart tonight, that means you're a child of God. And uh, according to his word, uh, if you were to to die, perish the thought. But if you were to die, you would go straight into the arms of Jesus and straight into glory and experience the goodness of God and in heaven. Amen. And uh, so angels are rejoicing. And uh, man, there's a party going on in heaven. Hallelujah. And uh, so if you have prayed that prayer from your heart tonight and... Uh, would like a book we have a book that Pastor David Sharon has written our pastor has written called Friendship with God and uh, we'd like to send that to you if you'll contact us um, email or phone call um, comment on on our website to say um, I have asked Jesus into my heart uh, we just want to celebrate with you and uh, again if you are here in the room with us um, those books are in each foyer um, as you exit the building praise God and uh, we just want you to know we appreciate you and love you so much and uh, um, trust that you'll have an amazing week and, and uh, just revel in the presence of God this week glory to God and uh, if, uh, if you haven't yet done it give your broken heart to Jesus please do that it's the only way to live <laughs> glory to God and he'll help you